morning, everyone. Welcome to Open Arms Sunday Service. We're still in the pandemic and the, and the, we can't meet yet. And God kind of blessed it because we don't have a building ready yet. So this is kind of working out in a strange way. So we're doing everything via the live link and via the recording. And so Wanda and I have had the luxury here today of recording the announcements for future events at Open Arms. Yes, so my turn. So the first thing we want you to know is that every event that we're going to announce, um, that COVID-19 precautions will be in place, social distancing will be in place. So having said that, the first announcement that we want you to know about is that the women's devotion that was supposed to take place last week was postponed due to weather. So we're going to be meeting this Thursday at Yvette's Cottage in Five Islands. Starts at 9.30 in the morning, goes till 12. And you're going to want to bring a lawn chair, your Bible, coffee in hand. And I uh, hope you'll join us because we had a really great time last time. And I think you'll, uh, you'll really enjoy yourself. So please plan to come. Um, we also want to let you know about um, FBC's outdoor drive-in concert that also was postponed from last week. So um, that's going to take place this Thursday, July 30th at 7 p.m. And uh, you do have to register for that event because there is a 250 limit on bodies there. So if you look on our Facebook page, you'll see a video by Pastor Josh giving instruction on registration. So make sure you get registered and, uh, and go out for an evening of music. Give us an opportunity to worship with FBC. And this is very important. There's an outdoor service next Sunday, August 2nd at 10 a.m in the parking lot of the new building out in Smith Hollow Road, out, out Parsboro, where our new Open Arms building is. Um, weather permitting, of course, you can stay in the car to adhere to uh, the pandemic protocol or bring lawn chairs and, uh, you know, we'll, we will be distancing and social distancing. We'll have coffee after the service. Uh, again, we'll be serving instead of you grabbing it yourself because we don't want you near the table. We don't want you near the coffee. We're going to be like hazmat. Here's your coffee. Um, bring friends. Bring people. It's 10 o'clock next Sunday, August 2nd at Open Arms. And we have a couple of dates that we want you to put on your calendar. The first one is going to be a Women's Outdoor Retreat Day, and that's going to be on Saturday, August 15th at Yvette's Cottage again in Five Islands. And uh, that's going to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., so get your babysitters in place, and uh, or that could be your husband's in place, and, uh, and please plan to come. I think you'll really, really have a great day. And the next is August 23rd which is a Sunday afternoon, uh, we're having a baptism down at Moose River, where we always have our baptisms. There will be a barbecue back at Doug's. Again, we will be adjusting the protocol for health reasons and stuff like that, but but uh, it's, it's good to see people being baptized. We have four, don't we? Well, I four think people. we have four yeah. being baptized. Yeah. And we check the tide, and the tide's not in until four, so somebody... The baptism people aren't going to get washed out to sea, as it were. So. We're looking at 1 o'clock, but we just have to wait for Pastor Doug to get back from vacation yeah, to confirm that for you. Because he's having fun and yes. not being involved in this right now. Okay, moving on. Hey folks, we have an important announcement for a church family in particular. For those who are joining us, we, just, um, we have a young man in our church family that has been fighting cancer for the last year. You know, Curtis and his family are in Toronto right now waiting a surgery date for uh, July 30th. So as a church family, we want to support them. Um, we want to pray for them. So this Wednesday night, July 29th at 8 o'clock, we're going to have a Zoom prayer meeting. Uh, the link will be found on our Open Arms Facebook page, and that will be put on at 7 o'clock. For anybody who's watching, we know that there's other churches. Um, certainly there's uh, people in Ontario that have been praying for Curtis. There's been many. If any of you would like to join us for this, we would certainly welcome you. Um, so you can find that information on our, our uh, Open Arms page. Don't forget to make um, uh, account for any time changes, especially if you're in Ontario. You're an hour behind us. Um, so we welcome all of you to be a part of that. 
Now it's time to hear some good worship music and uh, join in. The words will be there. Join in, warble away at home, and uh, and praise the Lord. And 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 then we're going to welcome Andrew Adshade to share the message with us today. We're looking forward to it. Good morning, Open Arms. Thank you for joining us. Uh, hope you're having a lovely morning. Um, the first song we're going to be singing is Gracefully Broken. So make sure you sing along.
song we're going to do is called I Surrender. And a lot of this song is, um, it, it is just exactly what it says it is. It's about surrendering all, all we have to Jesus. And really, all that's required is the hunger and thirst. And then we can just watch as his uh, grace unfolds and he drenches our very souls with mercy and forgiveness. So hopefully you know it. Join in and sing along with us.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God and a Father of, of forgiving our mistakes when we make them, Lord, and that you release, of us, release us of those immediately. We thank you that you're a Father that just allows us to come to you as broken people that can um, just cut relish in your love and just be safe and feel secure and know that, that you have our backs. Lord, we just pray that um, through the message this morning that um, everybody here would just feel and just know that God God loves them. And all you have to do is just surrender your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and just believe in all your, with all your might, soul, and strength that he is the only one. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Open Arms Church. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Andrew Adshade, and I'm a member here of this church, and I sit on the board. But one of my main roles in the church is uh, leading the Gravity Youth Group alongside some other fabulous leaders. I've been with my Open Arms Church family now from the first in-house Bible study before we even had a Sunday service. And I just want to tell you firsthand, I have seen what God has been doing here. And I'm so thankful to be a part of it. God has been growing his church at such a pace here in Parsborough that soon and excitedly we'll be moving into a new building where I, can, where I pray that many of uh, you guys would come and join us in hearing our message that we have for you about God's love, his peace, and hope through the gospel of Jesus and what he has to offer to everyone. So thank you for tuning in uh, because it's my pleasure to be with you here this morning. So I want to thank uh, the leadership team for giving me lots of time to prepare uh, this message. And I really believe that God is going to use it today to bless somebody. But before I get into the teaching of the scriptures I have for you, uh, I'd like to take a minute to thank our pastor who is away on vacation right now and, uh, and his wife. I want to thank our leadership team uh, for all the work that has gone into all these online services and our tech department that has made it these available to us during the pandemic you see we're just a little church in a small community that has been blessed by many talented committed followers of christ so i hope that you've been enjoying your time with us and that you've been growing in your knowledge of our of the scriptures and in your faith in today's message we are going to be talking about receiving the holy spirit and the power that comes along with him in the scriptures, I am going to read, uh, I'm going to read out of the book of Acts, and we're going to see the Holy Spirit show up in two different houses. The first house was in Jerusalem, uh, and it was where Jesus had told his apostles to go and wait for the promised Holy Spirit. The second house is a little bit further on, and it was in the house of a Gentile man, Cornelius. Now, if you're wondering what a Gentile is, it just simply means he was not Jewish. He was like one of us. So this has been an interesting study, and I believe that we're going to learn a lot from these two encounters. Now, I've been praying uh, that you too would encounter the Holy Spirit just like the apostles did, just like the Gentiles did by the end of this message. So before I start reading the scripture today, uh, if you have your Bibles, please uh, let's, let's get them out and, and turn to the book of Acts in chapter 2. It is there I'll start reading uh, verses 1 to 4. Then we're going to skip ahead and we're going to go all the way to chapter 10 where Peter goes to Cornelius' house in verses, chapter tw or verses 24 to 27. So all the scriptures, if you don't have your Bibles, will be on the screen. So feel free to read along with me. So Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came... They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Acts 10, 27. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea at Cornelius' house. Cornelius was expecting them, and he had called together his relatives and all his close friends. 
As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with them, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. Now, if we jump to verse 44 in chapter 10, we see that in Cornelius' house, it says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. So just to give you a little bit of a backdrop and some history on, on this. Uh, on this day is when the day that the apostles received the Holy Spirit. And this day is known as the day of Pentecost. And if you don't know what the day of Pentecost is, uh, just give you a little explanation. Uh, Pentecost was the day that the Jewish people, they would come together for like a festival or a type of celebration 50 days after Passover to celebrate God's promise that he made with them back in the Old Testament. But in the scriptures I just read to you in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10, there's a profound thing that, I, uh, that has happened not only for the Jews that God had his covenant with, all the way back to Abraham, as we heard from, from Dennis last week, as he preached on Abraham and Isaac, but also for the Gentiles, the non-Jews, because of the promise that was given to them through Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, it says, the apostles were all together and they were all in one place, all in one accord, waiting for the Holy Spirit. These men were in Jerusalem, waiting in the house of God. Now, after they received the promised Holy Spirit, they went out of the house and declared Jesus as Lord, and that, that God raised him from the dead. And the, this message that was preached pierced the hearts of everyone that heard Peter preach it for the first time. It says in the Bible that after hearing this message that 3,000 people were baptized that day. And this is where we really see the church take off. But it wasn't until 10 years later when we see the same thing happen in Cornelius' house for the Gentiles, as, did, as it did for the Jews. This is significant because in the Old Testament, the promises of God were directed and focused on the Jewish nation. But... Since Christ's death and resurrection, his promise uh, was for all the nations, Jewish and non-Jewish. For most of Parsboro who don't have a Jewish background, that's where we fit in. We are like the Gentile nation, seeing that we aren't Jewish. And the Holy Spirit is for us as well. Now, as we read the two encounters with the Holy Spirit, we can see uh, in the scriptures that there might be something about the Holy Spirit coming into our house. Whether it's the house of God where he met his chosen apostles or when the Holy Spirit came to Cornelius' house to fill the Gentiles. In this message, I'm going to give you three practical conclusions or observations that I may have that I have on why I believe the Holy Spirit came to the house. You see, we're all doing church online uh, uh, from home right now. And as, uh, as a church, we have seen many new viewers coming and going uh, to our online services. So maybe you're home checking, just checking us out, seeing what the message is that Open Arms has to the community. Or maybe you're actually searching for something. Whatever the case may be, uh, I've been praying that over the past four months that you've been growing in your faith and that maybe you've been experiencing God in a new way that you've never had before. Because I really do believe God is going to use this season of our lives through this pandemic to speak to many people. So to keep this simple for you guys, I'm going to give you three reasons on why I believe that the Holy Spirit came into these houses. Reason number one is... This is the place where we are most comfortable. We have been doing this COVID restrictions for a long time now, and there are still some of us on quarantine. So there really hasn't been a whole lot for us to do lately. There hasn't been a lot of social gatherings, uh, and there hasn't been many places to go. But what if God is using this time to keep us in our homes so that we could hear from him? What if over the past four months we've been encountering the Holy Spirit right in our home? 
I believe that this, part, this is part of God's plan, uh, to meet people right where they're at. He wants, to be able, he wants you to be able to receive uh, what he has to give you. So what better place than in the comfort of your own home? You see, you may be sitting at home right now in your favorite lazy boy chair. Maybe you're eating a bowl of cereal or drinking a nice hot coffee with your feet up, relaxed, and you're comfortable. So it's just my observation that maybe God came into the house because he knows this is where you are most comfortable. If you are here, if you are hearing anything through this message, I just want you to know that God wants you to receive what he has for you in the Spirit's power. The second reason why I believe that he came into our into the house, because this is a place where we are most vulnerable. Let me be let's be honest with one another. With with church being this early in the morning and, and we yes, you know, not having anywhere to go, how many of us are meeting together with our pajamas on? If I was to see you right now, how many of us would be uncomfortable meeting with me at your door? <laughs> You see, we are most relaxed in our homes. This is a place where we can let our guard down and we can just be ourselves. So let's put our listening ears on and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say today. Now, these listening ears, this is just something that we say to our middle child to help him listen a bit better. But often we give him rewards for, for listening to us. But I can tell you, if you're listening today, the reward of the Holy Spirit is going to be a way better reward system than the two little M&Ms that he gets for listening to us. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you today. He wants to come into a relationship with you where you can be empowered with his presence so you can go out and live a life worthy of the cause. There's freedom for all eternity with this empowerment. And God will enable you to go out and tell everyone of this good news of the gospel of Jesus. God wants this for you. So what better place to meet you than a place where you can let your guard down and a place where you can be vulnerable in your home? Now, mine and Sarah's uh, Holy Spirit stories both happened at different times. But I'm going to explain to you about Sarah's story as, as her journey came, came to know in the Lord. Sarah's kind of happened after mine. Most people kind of get that backwards. They think, oh, Andrew met a, a, a nice girl and she fixed him up. But uh, it's quite the contrary. Uh, uh, Sarah, Sarah's conversion happened uh, uh, sometime after mine. But, but hers caught her uh, at her most vulnerable time. She had been doing some Bible studies with girls from the church that we were going to. And they were helping her break down some of the beliefs that she had picked up over the years. That just didn't sound good in theory, but they were actually not biblical truths. And that was really hard for her because she wanted to be right with God. But she also wanted to do what was right. So she was working, I was working a night shift at the shipyard, and she was home looking after our children, nursing and feeding. And she decided to stay up and unpack what these girls had brought up during their Bible studies. When she... So when she was in between the feedings, she decided to stay out and pack what the girls were brought up. She was, she was sad, cranky. She was tired. She was even offended of somewhat hateful towards her belief being questioned that she had had. She had her Bible out. She had her laptop out. She had articles and commentaries, and she was cross-referencing as much information as she could, have, she could to break down her old belief system that she believed about God. She was out to prove people wrong. But amongst all her research and basically fighting with God, with, the, with God's word, she discovered that she had been wrong all along. She humbled herself and basically said to herself, Okay, God, I give up. I'm wrong. It was at that point that she immediately felt the Holy Spirit's peace come upon her. And she no longer would be a church attender, you see, and just a a Bible reader. She had the power of the Holy Spirit amongst her to do this, to do his will. When she told the girls in the next Bible study, uh, study and could see they could see the drastic change in her and they thought wow the holy spirit really worked quick in your life 
So you please see, guys, being at home is where we can be vulnerable. We can let God's word cover us and explain to us what his will is for us instead of us coming up with our own conclusions. I believe at home we need to be vulnerable and willing to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. The third reason I have for you today about why I think the Holy Spirit came to the house was this is a place where we are most moldable. So in your house, this is a place where God can shape and teach us. This is a place where God can create in us a new mindset, a new way of thinking. He can give us a kingdom mindset, a mindset that will help us when we decide to leave our house to witness to others and to give God praise and glory. Now, God has called, called all of us to be an influence to the people around us. So why not spend time in our homes learning what God wants for us? I remember, I can remember my testimony just like it was yesterday. <laughs> I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, I was, a new, I was new to going to church, and I really didn't know much about anything that, had, that the church had to offer me. I just started going because I needed a change. I was looking for something because I had spent two years of my life recovering from a terrible drinking and driving snowmobile accident. And in that accident, I almost lost my life and I almost lost a person that I really cared for, my wife, Sarah. So during the time I spent in church, I was befriended by a man that came alongside me who wanted to teach me about what the Bible had to say. I can remember listening to him speaking biblical truths into my life. And as, as good as it all sounded, there was some personal pride, a wall that I had up that, I would not allow, that wouldn't allow me to accept the truth according to what he was trying to tell me. I would say things to him like, you know, but I believe what you're telling me and I believe what you're saying, but I just don't think God would want anything to do with a guy like me. You see... Before I was a believer, I lived what I call an R-rated lifestyle. I indulged in all that the world had to offer, and I felt like I was untouchable to God for the things that I had done. I felt completely unforgivable. I had no problem believing that I was a sinner, but that all changed the day that I encountered the Holy Spirit. You see, I went to a trip from Nova Scotia to Calgary over the Christmas holidays, and while I was gone, my friend said to me, Hey, man, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you spend some time in the Bible while you're gone and read through the book of Acts for me? Well, it was late Saturday night reading my Bible when my life drastically changed. I encountered the Holy Spirit in the basement of my father's house. And I remember being so excited that I went to wake my wife, Sarah, up and tell her what was going on. And I tell you, when she was done listening to me, I went to immediately calling my friend who was on Nova Scotia time zone. And when I called him to tell him the good news, it was like 4 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> he received that phone call from me telling him how God has completely changed my life and has forgiven me and how he loves me. <laughs> you see, my life was turned upside right, and I've never felt more alive than I do right now. I knew I was forgiven, and I knew that I was accepted by God because of what Jesus Christ had done for me on the cross. And I can tell you right now, he wants the same thing for you. But all that being said, now that I have a relationship with Jesus, I continue to read and study my Bible, even more so now. I want to know more about God. You see, the Bible that I used to find hard to understand or to find you know, I used to find it hard to have context for me in my life became a book that was breathing life into me. It was, it was filling my soul and I was feeling more connected with God than I ever did. So God transformed my mind. He gave me a kingdom mindset and he began to mold and shape me into the image of his son. I went from living that R-rated lifestyle over the that uh, living the R-rated lifestyle that I was living over the past 30 years to now living my best life that God has planned for me for the rest of eternity. I believe that while we're in the house, we are the most moldable. I believe that the time you spend in the word in your Bible is going to enable you 
to, for the great plans that God has for you in your life. So guys, I just want you to stick with me because uh, these first three reasons is, uh, is, is the halfway point of, this, of my sermon. But what happens next is the best part about being a Christian. And, and I really hope that this time uh, going through these, these three points and these three reasons um, really help you uh, get out there and, and, be, and be a, walk this Christian walk. So we all may have, so we, so we, we may have encountered the Holy Spirit in one of these two houses, whether the house of God or maybe your house, but I can tell you, we cannot stay in the house after we experience what, what the Holy Spirit has to offer. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think happens after we receive the Holy Spirit? After the truth has been revealed to you, if you accept the truth of the gospel, what do you think happens next? Well, let me tell you, there is no way that you're going to be able to stay in your house. You are going to have to leave your house and you're going to go have to tell somebody this great news. So I'm hoping to give you some context for what to do next with this new life that God has given you and why you should leave your house. So here we have another three reasons why we cannot stay in our homes. The reason number one I have for you is we've been given power. If you flip your pages to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we're going to read this scripture together. So the Bible says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, meaning Parsboro, Advocate, all up and down this great shore. For those of you that don't have a red-letter Bible in your hands, I want you to know that this statement being made is being made by Jesus. This is God firsthand telling us that we have been given power to be witnesses, to tell everybody about him everywhere. This is Jesus saying to them who are waiting saying to them you need to wait for this holy spirit because he knows that, that the apostles wouldn't be able to do everything they were supposed to do he knows that they wouldn't be able to say what they're supposed to say or go where they're supposed to go unless they received the spirit's power so he says you shall receive power when you receive the holy spirit upon you then you will be my witnesses telling me about telling people about me everywhere so when we read the scriptures, let's pay close attention to the order of the instructions Jesus spoke to the apostles. I believe if we want things to work out God's way, we need to listen to God's way of doing things. If you want to have the strength to do what God's called you to do, and the strength to, ha to say what he, he has you to say, and the strength to, to go where he wants you to go, then we really need to pay attention to what Jesus was saying here. We see what happens to the apostles when they did just that. Because when they waited in the house of God, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And when they received the Spirit of God, the most amazing things start to happen. They immediately left the house. They immediately started telling everyone that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. They started telling them that he was dead and now that he's alive and that their lives had been changed, and they could no longer go back to the way things used to be. So you see, when you receive the Holy Spirit's power, there comes a time when you have to leave the house and share with somebody what the gospel of Jesus has done in your life. Which brings me to my second point here. We are to be witnesses. Jesus has called us to be a witness. We are witnesses to the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to break this down for you a little bit, because when we talk about being witnesses to people, there's always this response from, uh, from a group of either atheists or agnostics that will say things like this to you. They'll say, how do you know this to be true? It's not like you were there. You couldn't possibly say that that this is true because you've never seen him rise, raised from the dead. So where's the proof? You don't have any. So how can you say that Jesus is alive and that you're his witnesses? 
Like I say, this is just a perspective of someone who would lack the faith to believe or that may be cynical to the idea that we are witnesses to his resurrection. But this is why the Holy Spirit was so important to the believers at the start of the church. Because when they declared Jesus was alive, they were not the ones acting as the witnesses. It was the Holy Spirit in them who was the real witness to the resurrection. The Holy Spirit was there with Jesus when he was raised from the grave. It was him in the first place. So just like the apostles now, we as believers in Christ have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And it is he who is the one that testifies still to this day that Jesus is alive. We can read in Romans verse, chapter 8, verse 11. The scriptures say, The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us. You see, he is the one that boldly proclaims this, that Jesus is alive. So we can be bold in that statement too, because we know the Holy Spirit. So when you leave your house and you go to witness to somebody and the people around you about Jesus, let's not rely on our own strength and our own knowledge, but let's let the Spirit of God do the work through us. Let the Spirit use us to be the witnesses to the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the grave. I mean, I pray, uh, I've been praying that, that by hearing this message today, that you are going, that it's going to give you the power to be able to witness to people in ways that you thought that you never could do before. Because I believe God has somebody in all of our paths, in all our minds, that needs to hear this gospel message from us. But I will tell you this, because this has happened to me uh, personally. Uh, the enemy out there would love to shut you up. He would love to turn you into a silent witness. He wants you to be somebody that hears this message and just keeps it to themselves. These are the types of things that happens when, when, we, when we share that the enemy feeds off of. He'll say things to us like, you know you're just going to frustrate people when you tell them this. You know you're going to make them angry with you, so why bother? You're just going to cause a big fight. It's not worth it. Just keep this little secret between you and me. But I can tell you, we can read through the book of Acts. We can go page by page, scripture by scripture, where the men and women who experienced the Holy Spirit's power could not stay silent after receiving the Spirit's infilling. You see, it's funny, when I, when I look at the pages of, of this Bible that I have in my hands that my father gave me back in 2010, it was three years of personal persecution that he received from me and our family until 2013, when the day that my life was changed. So guys, there is going to come some persecution, but we do need to be witnesses. God, Jesus has mandated us to be witnesses. So guys, this brings me to my third and final point here today. And that is that we must testify. We all have a story to tell, and God wants us to share it. So we're going to circle back to Cornelius' house again to see just how that went down. But, but before I do, God, God, God has given us the ability to go into the world and open our mouths and share the good news of Jesus Christ. We've seen it happen in Acts chapter 2 after they received the Holy Spirit. Peter went out and preached his first sermon to many people. Can you imagine Peter preaching this gospel? The Bible says that the people were cut to the heart when they found out that they were disconnected from God. They were so concerned at that moment that they would ask Peter, you know, what shall we do now? And Peter boldly responded to them that they were to repent and then go get baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And then he, then they, then he said, then you will receive the, whole, the gift of the Holy Spirit. So after Peter's first sermon, we see the gospel doing exactly what Jesus foretold to his disciples. That this message would start with his chosen people in Jerusalem, and then it would go through Judea, into Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
But the ends of the earth didn't kind of happen until about 10 years of preaching this message to all the Jewish nation. And after these 10 years, it was now time for the gospel message to go out to even further. This is where it gets to the part of the story when Peter was going to Cornelius' house. The Bible says that Cornelius was a God-fearing Gentile man. The scriptures also tell us uh, he was having visions from angel from an angel of God, and this angel was telling him to send some men to go find Peter and bring him back to his house. In the meantime, Peter, he was up on this flat rooftop, and he was praying. It was about noontime, and, and Peter was very hungry. And while he was waiting for some food to be prepared, he fell into this trance, and he had a vision. He had all these vi- kinds of visions of food, and this food that, according to the old Jewish law, was declared to be impure or unclean to eat. He was very perplexed by the vision and because he wasn't really understanding what it is God was trying to tell him at the time. But when the men found Peter and requested him to come back to Cornelius' house, he knew God was showing him that it was okay for the Jews and Gentiles to get along. He brought down the racial divide. He knew it was no longer right to think of anybody as impure or unclean. During this visit, the whole house received Peter's message. The Bible says, uh, as we read, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening, and the Jewish believers that came with Peter were amazed because the same Holy Spirit they received was now being poured out on the Gentiles too. You see, guys, this is the whole point of this sermon, right here in a little tiny package. God wants to meet you right where you are at, right now. He wants to meet you in this very spot in your life, possibly right in your house at this moment, where you feel comfortable, where you can let your guard down and be vulnerable. He wants you to receive what he has to offer. It is then you can begin to be molded and empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit, where you can be a witness to the resurrection power of our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. It is then you will be asked and be ready to go testify to the goodness of God that Jesus mandated us to, that we would preach this message to the ends of the earth, even in Parsboro and up and down these shores. God, this is good news, guys. This is life-changing news. And I really hope that, that you guys are, are able to hear the message that God had prepared today. But before I sign off this morning, if you're a churchgoer, you've probably heard your fair share of testimonies over the years. It seems that, you know, the worst testimonies get the most mic time up here. And it's like the, worst, the more worse the testimony is, the more people want to hear what you have to say. But that does not have to be the case, because according to the scriptures, everybody must testify. So whether you've been living uh, or lived an R-rated lifestyle like myself, or was saved as a child in a Bible study or a camp, or in a church, your story needs to be heard by the people around you. Because I honestly believe that God wants to use your testimony There are people around you that you have relationships with that need to hear the gospel according to you, not somebody else. They they need to hear about they need to hear about his faithfulness in your life. So we don't need to be shy and we do not need to have and we do not have to leave it up to our pastors and others. Because it is your story that God wants to use to be a witness to everybody and to offer up this great gift of salvation that is offered through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, guys, before I leave here, I would like to pray for you guys. So if you can bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, uh, I thank you for enabling me with the Spirit's power to boldly stand up here and, and, and present this message, God. God, I just pray for this community I pray for my for my family, my friends, and my community that Lord that you would be faithful to them. That God you would meet them right where they're the most comfortable, right where they're the most vulnerable, God, 
And God, I pray that you would mold them into the image of your son. God, your gift of salvation for all eternity is so precious and so available to everybody in this world. So God, I just pray in Jesus' name, amen.